like your uh, attempt to be artistic or just want people to know that we got the caffeine in us and we're on the grind well I don't know Get it. Oh, really, it. I thought we were going to do like a competition of what's Chase drinking like that's the new thing we're bringing to the podcast oh obviously we something with over. caffeine yeah obviously <laughs> something with caffeine so uh, we're back in the podcast studio yes for another episode of 2020's version of Coyote Podcast it is officially 2020 you know and I was listening back to our our Christmas jokes B minus but here we are on the other side right yeah we made it so my question is how was your Christmas it was fine it was a little underwhelming yeah I kind of had the same experience yeah yeah any like like incredible gifts that you got my hat that I'm wearing right now. That's true. And I'm the I'm, In the, this one, mug. I'm the one idiot that was like, okay, explain your hat to me. <laughs> Everyone else is like, I love your hey, hat. Hey, nice hat, nice hat. I was like, what is that, a brand? I don't get it. You, you whippersnappers in your hats. For, for those that can't see it, it says asterisk uh, U apostrophe R-E, so your. Your. You are. Like, when you're saying you like are. Say it correctly. Yes, yeah. say it, type it correctly. Which, by the way, I got into Grammarly last year, and sometimes it doesn't catch that. Which you makes got me... into Grammarly, or they shoved it on you? Because they definitely just started Grammarly. Yeah, no, I, Google. I got into it. I got into it. Because I have to write so much for my job, and, and that's the mistake. Those are the kind of mistakes I'm worried about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm much more educated than my digital communication would convey. That's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking of... We're here to talk Speaking about. Of what? Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> trying to segue there. Just uh, so we're talking about today, something related to fitness. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Yeah, that's the goal. Are we? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there was a lot of back and forth before we started this episode. You know, what do we do in 2020? What are we talking about? I think we're going to stick with fitness, uh, just because you named <laughs> it the fitness podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can For add it anything. At least one more year. At least one more year, we're going to stick with fitness. Uh, so we're talking about today. The workout, which has kind of a little bit of a checkered past. Wait, is the workout a title of a workout? Yes, or yes, yes. The, the ultimate workout. The workout, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, but actually that's a, that's a good way to think about it because everybody kind of has their favorite, their least favorite. There's a lot of methodology that goes in. And early on in CrossFit, there was a, a different kind of methodology. As with anything that gets better, it's just morphed over time and We've gotten more refined, and I think CrossFit in general is, has become more defined, especially at the affiliate level, about how they're programming workouts and what goes into it. Just a lot of factors. The, the thing that makes it such a big mystery, though, is actually one of the great appeals of CrossFit, is that the person who's the client doesn't have to think about it at all. You know, So as a result, there's a little bit of mystery of how things are put together. We've got two guys here that have tons of experience. Thank programming you. works out. Yeah, yeah. So um, not participating, <laughs> just programming, you know. Um, those who can't teach, right? So, uh, sorry, that was that was a low blow. Yeah, I didn't know 
You didn't enjoy it. <laughs> so apparently, Chris did. Um, I enjoyed it very much. So we're going to hear from you guys about you know what is it that goes in when you're planning a workout? What are the factors that you're thinking through? Uh, obviously, this could be a multi-episode series, so we're just going to scratch the surface here. Where do we start? I don't know. I guess we're just kind of really digging in the... Uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. What are we doing here? Wait, it's 2020? Oh, wait a minute. Where are we? What are we talking about? in the dug. I don't know. Hey, it's, it's heavy. Pick it up a lot. So I guess we're going to take a, uh, a uh, really micro view of like an actual daily workout and what we're trying to accomplish. Um in a particular workout or the workout of the day, CrossFit wide, whatever you want to call it. And um, what what are some good things that we're looking for? What are maybe some examples of some maybe not so good workouts? Um, and kind of how we we came to our philosophy. Uh, the first thing, you know, we're, we're trying to do is to maximize intensity uh, for most workouts. Now, a lot of this is, con- you know, contextual, um, depending on the day. Um, you know, we, we kind of try to vary our short, intense workouts with our long, um, lower intensity, um, more consistent pace workouts throughout the week to keep people able to recover um, and continue to make progress and able to hit their intense workouts hard. Um, but on a general workout where the goal is uh, we want to uh, push the intensity, we're, we're, we're going to look to try to keep that time domain for the most part to eight to 12 minutes and that's kind of kind of our goal for about 75 percent of those um kind of the reason we picked that time domain is that's that's kind of a great time domain to where you can push yourself to that 90 90 percent effort and hold that for that amount of time but much longer you kind of fall off it's kind of like uh the mile run the mile run is one of the most difficult runs in in track because it is that distance to where i can push myself really hard um, not all out, but close to it and hold that for that amount of time. Now, if you start taking longer, you get more of a 5K, which is more of like a 15 to 20 minute length uh, race. You're going to have to slow your pace down a pretty good bit or slower, depending on depending on your... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you just listed my mile time. I'm super confused. Here, right? it, depends on, it depends on what you're talking about. Yeah. I thought you said five days. You said five, five okay. Yeah, so, um, so you guys are thinking through, um, you know, the experience of the clients that are walking through the door, no matter their fitness level, you're thinking percentage-wise, we need to get them to this percentage, and no matter where they are on the fitness scale, they should be able to maintain, because it's percentage-based, that 85 to 90% output for that period of time. Yeah, our goal is to maximize the amount of intensity they can put out in a given day and still recover from. So we don't want to make them put too much on them to where they're, cra- they're thrashed for the rest of the week and mm-hmm. can't really bring it, you know, really do much the rest of the week. Um, but we don't want to not give them enough to where they're not going to adapt. So it's kind of that fine line between giving them a good stimulus of a workout or between giving them too much to where they can't um, they can't recover from it. Um, and so that's kind of the, the dance that you play when you're when you're riding workouts is is this workout going to put somebody you know down for a week? Uh, which you know there's a lot of workouts out there that will do that. And if you do them. Um, that's not to say you shouldn't, you shouldn't, they're not, there's not a place to do them every now and then. But if you're doing long workouts that are going to beat you into the ground consistently, that's going to have a very detrimental uh, impact on your, on your fitness level 
on the other side, if you're not doing enough, which, uh, you know, typically in a CrossFit, CrossFit gym, you're not going to find workouts that are, are going to not going to give you enough because people come to CrossFit because they want a good workout. But other, other fitness programs, like for example, say you go to the Globo gym and do three sets of 10 of four different things and then leave and you do that for a year. Um, you know, eventually that's not going to be enough for you to make progress. So you got to walk in line of not doing enough, but how can I do enough intensity to where I'm going to get a good adaptation, but not, not be able to recover from. Yeah. So inside that you have the three tracks as well. So, you know, you've got to be able, the athletes got to be able to read their body and how they're responding. And you're, you're having to program basically, I would assume for an ideal athlete, and someone's going to run into something that's going to be a little bit challenging for them, maybe take them to a different place. You know, 115 overhead is going to put somebody, one person in a tank a little more than the other person. So um, the you guys have seen over the years, is there a metric you can track? Like if we go too far on one side of the spectrum of pushing the athlete too hard, they train less days in the week, like they self-select. And, you know, by the time you yeah, get definitely. to Friday, it's just a lower count of people rolling in yeah so I'd, I'd love to talk about this point maybe i don't want to jump too far ahead but people are always uh thinking man this is difficult this is hard you know they're they're inflating the difficulty of the workout for you guys what is a workout that you're like you've done it before or perhaps seen it on paper and you're like that's just too much that's too much for us to put on people is it this is going to take 27 minutes to complete, or is it just the uh, the weight that people are having to push? How do you determine when you're programming that's too much of a workout? Um, the first thing I'm going to look at is the reps. Well, the weights and the reps. And so uh, I, I know uh, in general, depending on what the movement is, what is a, a good rep scheme for that particular movement. And when you start getting above that amount of reps, I know it's going to be um, it's going to be hard to recover from A and B. It's going to get to the point where you just are slogging through these reps at a pretty slow pace. And so it, it monitoring, you know, and trying to keep the reps within that, that certain scheme. Um, to, to answer your question about, you know, workouts that are too much, you know, most CrossFit hero workouts um, are beatdowns. Mm -hmm. They are grinders. There are a lot of reps, tons of stuff. And they're not meant to be done, but every now and then, you know. Talk about Murph. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't mean that they should never ever be done, but uh, it should not. It should absolutely not be the backbone of your programming. Yeah. So Murph, for example, you know, we do Murph once a year Memorial Day. And that's a great, great workout because it it helps us all to remember every single time like what Memorial Day is about, and it it highlights uh, Michael Murphy who who died for his country and all the other men and women who have, who have sacrificed over the years. And everybody does it because it's something that um, that's very, that means a lot. And it means a lot to a lot of people, especially, you know, people who are in the military and former or, in the, or used to be in the military or know people that are or have been. And so it's a very meaningful workout. But doing Murph every week for <laughs> two months is a terrible idea yeah. because you're just beating yourself. I mean, anybody that's done Murph, you know, you're sore for the rest of the week. You're 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 sacrificing the workouts for the rest of your week to do Murph. You yeah. have to be honest about it. that's what you're doing. You're not going to be able to um, get the intensity or the dose response out of workouts the rest of the week um, for the average person. But if you start off the week on Monday doing Murph, and but that's a that's a trade off we're willing to take. Um, now, if you start doing um, 
a, a hero workout every single week. Like um, every Thursday we do a hero workout. To me, that's a really bad idea because that is a, of a workout that's really putting people in the tank, takes a ton to recover from. Um, and if you're doing that consistently, it's going to be a recipe for, for people to be broken down and stay broken down. Yeah, which brings on injury, which is, you know, uh, something we can talk about later. But I've noticed uh, here inside of Coyote, we've been hitting around that 60 reps on a lot of stuff. Has that been intentional? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a very good uh, rep total for, say, pull-ups, for example. Anywhere from 45 to 90 is kind of where we want to try to stay. Once you get up to that 90 range, that's that's getting close to 100. That's a lot of reps, so that's kind of on the high end. 45, 60 is is a good, same thing for toes to bar, you know, something like that. That's a good thing where we're able to, if you break it up, the rep scheme in a certain way, like 60 straight, that's the intensity is going to drop because you're eventually not going to get to it. But say you do four rounds of 15, that's just enough reps to where you can possibly do them unbroken or do it in one set so you're able to keep the intensity up. Um, still get a good workout, but you're not going to be, you know, walking around with your arms straight for a week because you can't bend your arms. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I also don't fatigue at 60, but I know this is for the this podcast is for the general population. <laughs> for Mary Moore. Yeah, that's right. So, Chris, you talk a lot about, um, you know, that percentage output. You talk a lot about energy systems. Uh, I know we've had some discussions about, you know, push uh, dominant workouts, pull dominant workouts. As you're sitting down scratching programming out, either on on a one-on-one basis or for the class as a whole, where do you start? What are some things that are in your mind as you're piecing them? Let's just say for a week, you know, looking at a Monday through Saturday. Yeah. So, um, the, the first thing, the first thing that I'm always look at is what's going to give, uh, the, uh, the athlete that I'm working with the best balance of intensity and also movement quality. And that's where the, uh, and that's where that track system comes in and where we, uh, as you look at as you look at the tracks from fitness to performance to competition, you'll see that uh, they increase. You'll see an increase in weight, but also a lot of times complexity of the movement. And um, so I try to uh, to really to really harp on people that uh, when we get actually when we're doing strength work and stuff like that, that's a really good time to practice uh, the more complex movements. So if like if we're doing if we're working on clean and jerk and snatch for our strength or if we're doing gymnastics work and we're practicing uh, getting better at toes to bar, kipping pull-ups, you know, that's a really, really good environment to implement those things and to improve your uh, improve your capacity in those. Um, not necessarily in a Metcon. So if somebody can can barely do can can barely do one toes to bar and we have a workout like you were saying that like 60 if we have 60 toes to bar in it it wouldn't be it would not be necessarily appropriate for that person to just grind out 60 toes to bar just to singles yeah, yeah just to quote unquote get better at it because now you know movement quality is up there maybe they can do one really good toes to bar but you're completely sacrificing the intensity and um, so I've even had some people that maybe they're developing the uh, their capacity in. I mean, I will say with the toes to bar example, maybe they are developing their capacity in toes to bar, but they're just not quite there yet where they can do big sets. I might tell them, do, you know, okay, so you got a round of thirty toes to bar. Stay with toes to bar until the until the kip the kip completely gives out and you're not getting your feet up there anymore, and then switch to sit ups, weighted sit ups. Mm-hmm. Something like that, where you can make that seamless transition, not have to worry about sacrificing the intensity. You can, you can, to some, to some extent, 
have your cake and eat it too. Um, yeah, a lot of people. It, it feels like a lot of people get caught in no man's land because yeah. people's uh, progression is not a straight line. A lot of times, yes, and, and you have variable, lots of variables inside of one workout. I, I get, I get, I do get asked a lot. Um, you know, we're doing shoulder to overhead, for example. Do you think I do? You think I should do uh, the um, the performance weight, even if. Uh, even if it might take me longer, ninety percent of the time, I would say the answer is no. Yeah. On that. Now, there, I mean, there are exceptions to the rule depending on the movement, what we're trying to get out of a, what we're trying to get out of the workout. But ninety percent of the time, I am always going to say fall back on movement quality and intensity. What's going to give you the best combination of both? And um, and so, and a lot of that too is also determined by what, what is the stimulus that we want to get out of this workout. If it's in that eight to, tw- to, to 12 minute range, most of the time that means we want really, really quick transitions with not a whole lot of breaks, you know, not having to just put the bar, if there is a barbell movement, not having to put the bar down a ton, mm-hmm. you know, so you've got to kind of set yourself up to where you can accomplish that but let's let's say that we have a workout where you know the goal is to uh, we want to practice moving heavier weight under fatigue so like if we did something like a uh you know rounds of rowing or running and then a moderate weight clean and jerk that's not just a ton of volume on the uh, on the reps. Then that might be a situation where I can say, okay, you know, let's step outside of your comfort zone a little bit with these uh, with these weights. But um, so it really it comes down to you know one. To, I guess that's a long way of me answering the question. The first thing that I look at is you know what's going to give the best combination of movement quality and intensity combined with what is the goal of this workout specifically yeah and that's something we try to do a really good job of as coaches is putting in the notes like this is the intended stimulus for this workout this is the time range or what we're looking to go for this is how you should choose your weight like we'll say you should feel like you should be out you could do 15 reps in a row fresh now that's not saying you have to do 15 reps in a row in the workout but you should that's what the weight should feel like yeah. if you're picking it up and you're struggling to get three reps then you're gonna be, what's gonna happen is you're gonna do a couple reps, you're gonna drop the bar. You're gonna do a couple reps, you're gonna drop the bar. Your intensity's gonna be low, your heart rate's gonna be low, you're not gonna get the intended stimulus out of it. You know, when we're looking across the three tracks, we want almost everybody finishing within close to the same, That if we're trying to get everybody in the eight to 12 minute range, all three tracks, we want everybody finishing in that eight to 12 minutes. That's why we, we lower the weights for different tracks, we lower the complexity of the skill, but then everybody is still getting that same high intensity dose type workout. One, one, one thing I like to tell people on workouts is, you know, if you think of the benchmarks more as a test and the other days more as training, that should be kind of how you guide your, uh, your choices. If we're testing, say you're doing Fran and you just want to see if you can do Fran RX and that maybe that's a time where you, it takes you 14 minutes to do Fran, but you were able to do Fran RX for the first time. I'm gonna say go for it. That's yeah. a big win for you. That's something you're working towards. That would be that would be one of those exceptions to yeah. the rule. So if it's like, all right, this is a benchmark workout. We're gonna do this again in the future, and you want to be able to do the performance weight. It's gonna be a stretch this time, but you think next time we do it, you want to be able to compare your time. That go for it. Or if you did a certain weight last time and you want to compare it to what you did last time, then go for using that certain weight or go for the higher skill. But if it's a typical non-benchmark day, 
you need to be picking your stuff that's going to uh, maximize your intensity and that's what's going to get the most benefit for you um, in the long run is picking weights and skills that are going to allow you to maximize the intensity you get put out in a day-to-day workout yeah any kind of any kind of skill that you want that you want to improve the biggest bang for your buck is going to be doing you know practicing that skill whether it's uh, getting better with clean and jerk technique or butterfly pull-ups whatever the case may be your the most improvement is going to happen when you're not fatigued when you exactly. can get in there and think about it when your heart rate's not at 180 beats a minute exactly that's why I like a lot of times we'll do gymnastic skill days where we're yeah. doing EMOMs and stuff that's the time to work on your butterfly pull-ups or your ring muscle-ups or whatever in the workout when you can do two ring muscle-ups in a row and there's 30 prescribed that's not the time to try to slog through 30 ring muscle-ups and spend 30 minutes doing it you're not going to get a whole lot out of that you'd be better served doing that outside of the workout working on that independently and then doing the movement maybe the burpee pull-up or whatever else is prescribed that's going to allow you to get the good intense workout in and so kind of thinking of it um, in those terms I was saying, talking about the trap earlier, I feel like I'm in a place where I'm in that right now and that, for instance, the workout today had uh, wall balls and assault bike and you could step into a different track of programming and do rowing and a lighter wall ball. Uh, I knew that I didn't have any limiters, you know, Um, I can pick up a 30 pound wall ball and I can bike. The question for me though in that workout was how bad do I want to hurt? Yep. You know, like I can go because there was yeah. a limited time domain. At eight minutes it was over for everyone. And yeah. I could have I could have gone faster throwing a twenty pound wall ball and rowing, no doubt about it. But I knew that if I'm ever going to get better at throwing a thirty pound wall ball, yeah. I've got to start throwing that thirty pound mm-hmm. wall ball, you know. So I think it, what we're pointing out here, not a not so subtle point is a common trap for a lot of people when they come into a CrossFit gym is, can I beat so-and-so? Am I faster than so-and-so? Yep. And I can imagine or, how frustrated... Or, so, or, or, so, or so-and-so told me, man, you should really do this uh, do this heavy wall ball. Or <laughs> That's right, that's right. Oh, still throwing a 20, huh? Yeah. Take off that veteran shirt, you know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, But I can imagine for guys that are programming, you're like, that's such a reductionist view of your overall fitness. If you can beat a guy on a particular day, I mean, he may have been all, up all night with his child the night yeah, before. Exactly. And, you know, it's like... So that's why tracking in the in our app is so important because it reminds you of your past performance, uh, all those sorts of things to get these metrics. But it does become a little bit of a head game. It's easy to get distracted, even with great programming. You know, the, and I certainly believe we have great programming here. Another way to figure out if you are involved with a, a business, a fitness business that is programming correctly, is you look at those results. And if you look at people who have been involved with Coyote Fitness, uh, even for a short time, but I mean, through that middle plateau time, which, you know, what would you say is about a year and a half, maybe two years, guys are still improving and still coming back. Men and women are getting even more fit. Mm -hmm. So the type of program that you guys look at for a week, I know for a while we've been through a different thing, a couple of different methodologies. We were doing cycles for a while and testing at the end of every cycle. Maybe you guys could describe what's driving the programming right now in 2020 inside the business. Um, as far as the cycles, we try to, to keep the cycles more for like the specific focused um, supplemental tracks for like the strength and the competition and the games prep. Uh, just because the general um, class, um, it, 
it's really hard to program cycles because people, you know, it's so hit or miss on whether people come certain days and they might miss something one day and might miss it the other day or jump in on week five of a cycle or whatever the case may be. And um, it might be, say we're doing a cycle on a certain movement and there might be half the population that doesn't care less about getting better, that could care less about getting better at that certain movement. So we'll, we'll mix that type of stuff in there. Um, but that we try to reserve that more for uh, the supplemental stuff who are actually trying to work on specific things. Um, you know, the, the goal week in and week out for our class is to, like I talked about earlier, maximize the intensity of the workout while still being able to recover from. Now we will, you know, spend certain times a year working on certain things. Um, we're spending a lot of time right now working on um, posterior chain stuff, uh, especially uh, in, in our accessory work. We're doing, you know, working on some front squats and bench press, some stuff that we don't work on as much, and we're really spending a lot of time working on our technique for the for the lifts. Um, just stuff that the general class as a whole um, could be could benefit from from working on. Um, you know, like it or not, the open is a big part of CrossFit, and so we kind of have to take that into account and mm -hmm. kind of build a year plan around that. And so, like during the open in particular. This year we uh, we had to keep the workouts, you know, fairly short and f and something that wouldn't beat people up because they won't, they were hitting a, a tough workout on Friday and the workouts were long this year in the open. Every single workout just about was long, and so we we had to kind of, you know, fit the other workouts in to where we're not beating people down after they've just done a 20 minute AMRAP with dumbbell thrusters, um, and and do that, but. You know, in general, we're trying to maximize the what we're what the class is going to get out of each day. Uh, maybe focus on certain things that we feel like we need to work on. Like most people, when they come into the gym, their um, quad dominant posterior chain does not fire, is not working well. So that's stuff that we can work on with them. For most people, working on their technique on the lifts can can always be better. Um, but that you know, that's kind of kind of it. We're trying to look at what what holes we have as a whole and try to fill those in, but really just trying to keep it well-rounded and, and constantly changing. Something we should mention here, too, is that all of this that we're discussing happens in one hour. <laughs> I mean, yeah. one hour. You're working on uh, complex movements with a barbell, you're working on strengthening posterior chain, and you're getting high intensity inside of a Metcon, and you're working on mobility post-workout with a stretch, and you're back in your car on the way home. Yeah. Pretty phenomenal system. Right. And um and and uh, I just want to kind of piggyback on what Hunter was talking about, you know, with the uh, with the cycles, how you know we gear that towards, like he said, more that's more the supplemental work, and um you know that that may, that doesn't mean that the class isn't going to hit them, as far as like what we're actually programming for the uh, for the class, but like you're not going to the class isn't going to bench every week, and the class like we're working on bench and front squat there, the class is not going to see those every week. Because if all you have time for is just the class, it, it is better for your fitness to spread that out more. And mm -hmm. so, it, but I had a, a conversation with somebody in the gym uh, two weeks ago, and he brought that up about like you know I haven't I um, haven't um, been able to hit this bench in a couple of weeks. You know why don't we do it every week? And my and my, what I told him was you know well one. It is programmed in the supplemental programming every week. So when you go on a sugar wad, you look at the strength work, it's going to be on there every week. But if you are someone that all you have is an hour, you can only come in here, you can only come in at the class, 
And uh, if it's just really important to you that you do bench every week, then what I would recommend doing is if you if you know you can make it to class five days a week, take one of those to just come to the gym and get that bench work in and make mm-hmm. sure that you don't miss it every week. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's. You have to you have to be really honest with yourself about you know what is my schedule how much time do I have to uh, do I have to give and if these goals are that important to me about you know getting my being able to bench and front squat and do that every week I need to make sure that I lay aside time for that exactly the the I mean the class program we're taking to account programming for almost 500 people at this point and so in when you're doing that this has to be a very general approach. Um, and so we have to make sure we're not overdoing certain things and underdoing other things. Um, now, in, you know, most people have similar uh, problem areas that need to be worked on. Like most people need to get stronger. I mean, that, that's just, they need to add muscle. Like most people are trying to decrease their body fat percent. So adding muscle is very important. We're trying to get stronger for those people. And so we're gonna try to do that with the most bang for our buck, but we're not going to do like Chris said, bench press every Tuesday for 10 weeks. That's just not serving the 500 people that we're programming for um, because there's some people might not need to do bench press, you know, ever. Maybe they've done bench press their whole life and they don't need to, they're not going to get a whole lot out of it. Um, some people might, it might be beneficial, so we are going to throw it in there. But like Chris said, if it's, if you have specific goals, then we have supplemental tracks for you to actually work on. Man, I really want to get stronger at this. I really want to get better at my lifts. I really want to get better at competing. Then you can do that type of thing. Um, but in general, the class is going to be for general, broad. It's broad, inclusive. Um, and so we're trying to make it as broad as possible and make sure we're hitting all 10 general physical skills, not just overdoing one. That's another thing, too, is a lot of uh, – you see this a lot of a very strength-biased – uh, program where you do strength every day before you do the workout and um, in my opinion that what that does is when we used to do a lot more strength in the classes and I think we've talked about this before you are every people are always so beat down because they're lifting and going heavy all the time they're not able to recover from it and they're also hitting the workouts without a whole lot of intensity um, and so they're not getting a whole, as near as much out of the workout as they could what happens is people start having trouble recovering and then you start getting these bumps and bruises and people hurting themselves. Um, and then they're not able to hit the actual lifts with the intensity that they would if they would drop the overall volume or the frequency that they're doing it and just hit with intensity yeah. when they do do it. Yeah, and then not, not only that, you know, you uh, you come in, you know, you've got to be able, if you're, if you're getting ready to do a really heavy lifting session, you've got to have the ability to kind of get yourself revved up and amped up. And if you can't come in and do that because you had a really long day, a long day at work, really busy day, and all of a sudden you try, you are, you know, you're completely fried for all that and you're trying to amp back up to hit a lift and you can't hit, you know, maybe the percentages that are prescribed and now you feel, you know, you you walk away from that feeling like you failed mm-hmm. and um, it just, it, you just keep on piling, you know, um, uh, negativity <clears throat> on top of negativity. It's yeah. going to make you not want to come back in the gym and so that's, you know, having that, that slow cooking approach is really, really beneficial. Yeah. So let's be, Let's be as direct as possible, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this out for the people that are listening. Would you guys say that most people that walk in, I'm not saying everyone in case someone's ready to be offended, but most people that walk in, they're like, man, I really want to hit a 500-pound squat. I really want to 
they just have kind of a, a tweaked idea of what strength and fitness will, will be. Here's what I mean by that. You come into CrossFit and you start doing what's on the board, as crazy as it may seem to you. Yeah. In six months, your bench is going to be stronger. Yeah. Your squat's going to be stronger. If you would just submit to the programming, it, to me, that's an indicator. When I see people walk in, they're like, you know what, man? I don't want to lose. I was at the Globo gym, and I hit 300 on my bench. I don't want that to slip. You know? Yeah. yeah go, go for uh, Aim for progress over perfection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfection exactly. being... I want to hit 500, a 500 pound back squat in six months. Like, okay, well, I mean, how realistic is that, really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. how much time are you? Where are we starting to, here? Yeah, the, 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 there's no, there's no perfect program where you can come in and you know do this program, and regardless of what's going on in your everyday life, you're going to hit 500 pounds on yeah. your back squat because you did this program. That program does not exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I would I'm taking it even a step further to say because I think this represents a huge obstacle in people getting to that uh, sweet spot inside of CrossFit. They spend so much time initially fighting the system mm-hmm. yeah. because they have all this junk that's been programmed in, maybe even their strength coach in high school mm-hmm. that's been like, no, this, you got to do 15, 12, 10, then 12, yeah, 10, 8. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're just unwilling to break that. And, and honestly, I think it's a part of the back door. People just, they, they don't believe that if I do this and get better at this, you know, because yeah. they're throwing wall balls and you're able to identify, man, you've got some serious mobility issues in your hips. Yeah. Who cares how strong you are? If you fix that, your lift's going to go up 20 pounds. It's also just, it's the, it's the, um, the, what, 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 our, what our culture has, uh, has kind of built around fitness and that there is a end game, there's an end game to it. There's a finish point. P90X. 90 days, you're fit. And you <laughs> yeah, never, right. never have to work out again. Right. <laughs> you know, these 30-day challenges and all these and all these ridiculous things and nobody wants to uh, wants to n- nobody's willing to look at fitness from an idea that like, you know, that it is a continuous journey. There is no destination to it. And at no point have you arrived. And if you think you have, you know, take you over to uh to auburn alabama let you meet jonathan wall and yeah, then right. you take jonathan wall over to cookville tennessee let him meet rich froning yeah <laughs> and uh yeah and, and that that is something people a lot of times when they start well i don't want to one one we hear a lot is i don't want to i, I want to keep running i'm going to keep doing my running things i want to i want to keep doing my races or whatever and i don't want to lose that and i try to explain to them like um, if you all you've been doing is running, building muscle is going to make you a lot better runner because you have been neglecting that, um, and you're actually going to get better at running by coming to CrossFit because you're going to be working on stuff that you haven't worked for, working on before. But a lot of times they'll continue to keep doing some of the stuff they've done yeah. in the past that maybe worked for them three years ago, but quit working for them because they've been doing it for three years straight um, and not just completely committing to it. Another thing, like. For example, we do like a lot of gymnastics holds, like on the rings and stuff. And people will complain about why why are we doing this? Like, um, and I'll tell them like this is you say you want a better bench, you want to get stronger bench press. This is going to make your bench stronger. You feel how sore your chest is going to be? Like this is really working your chest. We're working stuff in a lot of different ways than people normally do. That's actually going to be beneficial to those movements that you might want to get better at as well. Yeah, you just have to be able to weather maybe some of that initial feedback. You know, if somebody's throwing their garment on and going on a Saturday run and they've been doing that forever, mm-hmm. they may have a couple of Saturdays when they're they're working all these stabilizers that they haven't worked before 
that run time may slip by two or three minutes and you just have to kind of tell people don't don't first of all stop doing that <laughs> second yeah. of all if you do it don't panic you know you may there's going to be a little bit of a dip before you get better at these things and then it just seems yeah. like it takes a while to change you know this is true in, in life really it just takes a while to change people's minds about things yeah i would you know i would say like if you if what you were doing was working for you, you wouldn't be in here you know mm-hmm. and so why would you keep holding on to what you're doing um uh, because that's what you've done in the past. Like, if what you've done in the past didn't work, why not just commit 100% to something that, I mean, there's a lot of proven results walking th- in through the door day in and day out. And there's, Chris and I represent thousands upon thousands of hours of trial and error and study in this thing, um, something that we take very, very seriously. And why, you know, use, use the resources that you have um, don't base what you do based off what some video you saw on Instagram or what this guy's doing um, that worked for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how come we don't jump in the grid? I saw a guy on Instagram jumping in the grid. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this guy doing this workout and he can bitch 400 pounds. So I'm going to do this workout. Yeah. I'm going to bitch 400 pounds. That's right. So I think we okay. should talk about this too. Uh, you know, I guess maybe getting towards the end of, of this conversation. I, you know, we're trying to focus on things that are going to be very helpful for people, especially in their emotional response. It's not all physical. You have an emotional response to programming as well. But there's a big difference between prejudice, which is what we've been talking about, and awareness. You guys are you don't play with prejudice. You're like this is what we do, and we have a track record. It's proven. We have a lot of knowledge and certs behind this. Awareness is something that you guys engage with all the time. What I mean by that is an athlete says, man, I'm just getting this feedback from we've been focusing on this a lot and I'm starting to hurt back here or I feel like I'm not doing this movement correctly because, you know, when an athlete is aware that the program is pushing them in a particular way, exposing those weaknesses, you guys engage with that pretty readily, correct? You know, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, hey, okay, well, let's talk. That we can talk about, you know. Maybe you you do need to sacrifice that intensity for a week or two or for a workout or two, and we can see what's going on here, you know, and then you're going to challenge them in, in other ways. If the intensity drops, I think you guys automatically ratchet up. Let's start paying attention to this mobility work and see what's really going on here. Or maybe it's the fact that you stopped by and got a, a double cheeseburger on the on the way to the gym. Are you talking about like if somebody has pain or something like well, that? Well, not necessarily pain. Sometimes it's pain, but sometimes they they just reach a level of frustration with whatever we're focusing on inside of the programming. They're just being aware of their body or they're yeah. aware of their emotional state about what's going on. And I don't feel you guys pushing back. I just don't want there to be any confusion. It's not that there should not be any interaction with the programming it's just that there's a, uh, a prejudice of well, this isn't going to work or I don't think this is going to work for me that's much different than this isn't working for me something's wrong can we talk about it here's something we always hear after we always do lunges people complain about how sore their glutes are always <laughs> like that's one of the most common ones yeah and the reason is because most people don't use their glutes ever they're like completely shut off from all the sitting that we do where our, their hips are in internal rotation is so bad they can't even access their glutes. Um, when they squat, they don't use their glutes. They're using their hip flexors and their quads mostly. And so when we actually do do a movement that requires them to use their glutes, they have trouble walking, you know, not have trouble walking, but they're really sore and they feel it. And then we do. No, oh, I would call it trouble walking. Yeah. I had a little trouble walking yeah. this week. <laughs> and so that's like, if you're getting super sore from doing lunges, that's a sign that, wow, like this is a huge uh, area that I need to focus on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so realizing like, we're going to 
work on the areas that we see most people need to work on and most people need to work on on using their glutes because your glutes are supposed to be the most powerful muscle in your body and the big movers but for most people they just don't even use them at all and then you overuse smaller muscles and then they get overworked and then you get start having injuries and stuff because you're overworking muscles that you aren't actually aren't even supposed to be using for those for those movements that's just one example but um I mean, you, you're going to be sore in places you've never been sore before when you come in here because we're doing things um, that most people are not adding into their, their program or not able to use because they don't have the mobility to do it. And so that's part of our, our goal is to, to focus on the, the areas that need the most work. So, you, Chris, you would say, or let me, let me pose this question to you. Perhaps the most important four minutes out of the hour are the four minutes that we're around the TV and you're explaining, or, or any of our coaches are explaining, here's here's the goal, here's why this is programmed, here's how we're going to ask you to participate. Based on the other 57 people that have been through here today, these are some of the common mistakes that have been made in this workout. Let's go to the board and tell you you're probably going to be somewhere between four and six rounds on this, you know. Uh, so it, it, it's really important that that time isn't just a oh well, let me you know let me get my grips on and let me walk to the back of the gym and get my kettlebell before everyone else because if you do that, you're missing a significant <clears throat> portion of the programming. Oh man, dude, yeah, uh, context is everything in what you're doing. You know, the better the better understanding that you have for you know what you're of what you're getting ready to do you know the <laughs> right. better you're going to the better you're going to execute it and um the more uh um the more that i'm trying to think of uh, how i want to say this uh you know the, the the better you execute it the more the closer you'll be to the stimulus that you want to get from it and that's where the progress is made yeah you know, if you have if you if um if we're telling you you know, we're doing pull-ups, and I just say elbow straight and chin over the bar. You know, there's a lot of different ways I can do that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm telling you, you know, I want your shoulders back and pull your elbows down to your hips, well, there's a reason for that. I mean, it's because that's how you're going to use your lats, and a lot of people do not know how to use your lats. And uh, so we are taking this opportunity. I want you to take this opportunity to practice it and feel the pull-up in your lats. <laughs> yeah, and it also helps the athlete be aware of this. <clears throat> coaching cues during the workout yeah you know if your uh, feet fat, flat on the floor and something you've heard that before so when you're in stress and it's cued you remember mm-hmm. you know that's what's being talked about I, i'd like to get your opinion real quickly hunter on with sugarwad there's so much programming available i ran into this this past week of all right i've got some extra time i want to put in some extra work i mean depending on what i click on it feels like i'm i, I potentially could get myself in some trouble just kind of having the programming buffet available mm-hmm. if i'm uh, the average athlete coming in and i'm going from the hour wide and i want to do something extra mm. what is it that i jump in do i jump into games prep do i jump into strength i mean where should i go or is that a conversation that each person should have with a with a staff yeah, you jump into a conversation with your coach um and first out they're going to say well what's your goal um, and then you would you would go from there. You know, if your goal is to um, get stronger, then obviously and, you know, we're going to have you doing the strength thing. If your goal is to lose 30 pounds, then we might add the conditioning thing. If your goal is to compete at the Pensacola Beach Brawl in the fall, well, maybe you need to start doing some competition, some of the competition work. Um, and obviously, if your goal is to go to the CrossFit Games, then we're going to have you do the, the games prep. Now, we'll say... 
uh, my goal is to get to a 15% body fat, well, then we're going to have to get a little bit more specific and take a look at, well, what does your body fat scan say? Why, what will give you the most bang for the buck? You already only have 25 pounds of body fat. Adding in extra cardio twice a week or three times a week is not going to affect your body fat percent because you need to add muscle mass, which is a mistake we see a lot of people make. I want to drop 5% off my body fat percent, so I'm just going to add <clears> in cardio. But they already don't have a whole lot of body fat as it is, and that cardio is actually going to make them burn even more muscle because they're, they don't have the, the fat to burn, um, where they would be a lot better served adding in some extra strength work. Um, so that's something that has to you know go on a case-by-case basis, and I would definitely talk to a coach about that um, before you jump into it. Um, they might also say, like, man, you, you, know, uh, you need to work on your skills. You're not going to get a whole lot of, out of doing these, these workouts until you get to where you can do chest-to-bar pull-ups consistently. Um, or gets where you can do a muscle up. So it might say, right, let's, why don't you work on this skill independently for a while, why don't, why don't you work with me a couple times a week and we can work on getting your ring muscle up and then we can start letting you do some competition work. Um, and I, so I would really reach out to a coach before you start adding stuff because they're gonna be able to tell you um, what is gonna be best for you in your certain situation. It makes a lot of sense. Conversation, having conversations with informed people is never a bad idea, right? Fact, you know. So um, it, it's that's that's a that's a good thing because uh, I'll see I see this all the time. Somebody will start doing something um, because they saw somebody on Instagram doing it, and um, they don't have any context for that. They don't know what that person's goal is. They don't know what that person's background is, um, but they're really fit so I need to do this and it's the complete opposite of what they need to be doing and so instead of looking to somebody just because they have 50,000 followers on Instagram um, looking you know a lot of those people have no idea what they're talking about I mean I know I know they don't they have they're completely clueless Um, ask a coach who actually knows who you are and knows what your goals are and has seen you in the gym and knows uh, you know what, what 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 will work best for you, and and have a conversation with them, and that's going to, end, you're going to end up doing something a lot better for you um, than just seeing something online and, and doing it because so and so is doing it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That trap is a lot easier to fall into than than most would admit, and it calls back to our first episodes. You've got to know your goals. If, mm-hmm. you, if you don't know your goals, I mean, that, that's one of the most tragic things to see for athletes here at Coyote is that they're working so hard and they've got the consistency piece, but they're doing the sort of work that won't get them closer to their goals. Yep. Yeah. And um, and I want to I want to say this, too. You know, sometimes people will come up to me after the after the class and they'll have the they'll have questions like these. And a lot of times the first thing that they'll say is I is I really hate to bother you. Anybody that's listening, that's listening to this podcast, you know, if you uh, if you don't go to our gym and you wanted to send us an Instagram message, or if you are a member in our gym and you want to pull a coach aside to talk about these things, that's what we are here for, and that is what um, and that is what we love to do. So if you if you've been out there and like any of you have maybe felt like that and some people do from time to time or else they wouldn't tell me I hate to bother you about this (laughs) so um, please we cannot help you with what we don't know about I would say this it not only does it not bother us if you ask it bothers us if you don't ask yes exactly because that's what we're here for and we're passionate about this and that's why we spent put so much time and effort 
um, to, to learn and try to get better constantly is because we want to pass that on to other people. And so when people are taking advice from somebody they don't even know on Instagram, but they won't come and ask us for advice that does bother us because that's what we want to provide the best service. And we see people doing things that we know is the complete opposite of what they need to be doing. Um, it's, it, it, you know, it, it hurts. It's, it's, it's because we care about people. That, I mean, that's what it boils down to. We care and we want, want to help people. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That was a great discussion on programming. I'm excited how it's going to lead into actually our, our next episode, what we're going to discuss there. So now we get to our, um, most awaited part of the episode, which is... Wake up, Chase. Here you go. Huh? This is your time. <laughs> hey. Outside the box. Woo. Woo. So what we're discussing today in Outside the Box actually is going to be a smorgasbord, if you will. Yeah. Uh, no bars hold. No bars holded. To give. Yes, that's right. <laughs> say no bars holded. No bars holded. <laughs> uh, we're actually going to talk about the. I think the specific word is entertainment. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Most most thing within the entertainment atmosphere that you're looking forward to in 2020. So entertainment is a pretty broad field. I think that was Hunter's point. He just wanted to talk about anything, everything. How many? Uh, my entertainment is watching how many uh, cases of Killcliff. Or bags of progenics will change hands in 2020 based on nefarious bets by people who just can't distance themselves from their addictive past. My actual prediction is that if it hasn't already, there's a backstory to that if you couldn't tell. Yeah, is it how much bang surpasses Killcliff mm. within the coyote community over the course of this year? Maybe we should have one of those just classic thermometer so far, posters. Kill, so far, Killcliff is still king. Killcliffs is king. Yeah. Yeah. I'd see a lot of bangs around though. Yeah, or people make some bangs with vodka. I mean, that might take it up a notch. I don't oh, know. Just right before workout. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta talk to Chris again. I got. I got yeah. to get through this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screw you, pre-workouts. We're gonna make our own. All right. All right. So the entertainment. So this covers movies. I mean, whatever. I feel like sports. Sports. Like that. Yeah. I mean, I just, like sports is entertainment. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Sports is entertainment, especially figure skating, but. We don't have time for that. We've got to discuss other things. Or do, oh, yeah. Winter Olympics are this year. Yeah. Can't are talk they? about it. They're not. Summer yeah. is this year. Oh, yeah. That Summer is, is this year? Up. Man. All right. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. In July. Maybe that should be a ton category. Yeah, I that. think everybody's going to be looking forward to that. Well, you just ruined one of my answers. Though. Okay. Well, well how, how about we all how about we all have our answer, and then we all give the uh, the sport that we're most looking forward to. Have for, to be uh, in the in the that summer. Are, that are in the summer games. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. And if you say the 100 yard dash, I'm going to hit you in the face. <laughs> Deal. So, <laughs> like, everybody's watching that. All right, who's going first? I'll start off okay. with the TV show I'm looking forward to. Uh, have you guys seen Fargo, the TV show? No, I haven't seen it. Only show. the movie. Oh, yeah. the TV show is so good. Um, but they're starting at season four, and it's got Chris Rock in it, so I'm pretty excited about it. And Timothy Oliphant. Uh, if you know me, you know I love I love Timothy Oliphant. He was awesome in... Uh, um, Deadwood and also um, Hitman not Hitman my name is uh, Earl no <laughs> King uh, of the Hill King of the Hill Justified Justified yeah. Um, oh yeah yeah so Fargo if you've never watched TV shows y'all Man, they're so they're they're really good. How did I not know that guy's name? I've I've watched Justified. I didn't know that guy's name. I'm the classic guy. Like if you ask me the name of a a track on an album, I'm like I'm not sure. Or an actor's name, it's it's unbelievable. It's pretty embarrassing. But Justified was a good show. Oh, it was awesome. Justified was awesome. It's a yeah. Did it end poorly though? 
like, was it canceled or something? Like most no, of them. No, it ended. Did it end? Mm-hmm. Okay. For some reason, I remember my parents being upset about something, but that's just my Just parents. hearing that guy say, well, that, hello, hello, Raylan. That was, was, was <laughs> They're upset about you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're looking forward to Fargo. And Mandalorian. Could have been Dr. Chase. Two. Mandalorian. <laughs> I, look, my gosh, I've got to spend this money. What is this, six ninety nine? You, you haven't watched Mandalorian? I haven't. I, don't have, I have two children in my house, and I haven't gotten Dude, Disney+. Plus. That is the the best six ninety nine you will spend. Disney Plus is awesome. I mean, there's the amount of content you're getting is unbelievable. We're rolling into the weekend. I think I may just uh, surprise the, the kids. The Mandalorian too. You, it's have y'all seen it? I, I still haven't watched it yet. Oh man! Somebody was talking about it on the floor just just a couple it's, hours ago. It's great. It's yeah? really good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zero context. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fitness a CrossFit fitness podcast on the floor. Hello. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go. I'll go next. We'll just go. Uh, what is this? <laughs> counterclockwise? Yes, we'll do counterclockwise. Uh, I am pretty excited. This is a recent uh, thing that I've become aware of. Matchbox Twenty. Oh yeah. Is now going on a pretty exhaustive tour. You know, for guys that are fifty plus. Or, are we going? Or however old they are. The Wallflowers are going to be with them. Oh, wow. Oh, Goodness. So, look, okay, I know people in the 90s, artists in the 90s get a bad rap. But, Justifiably so sometimes. Right, yeah, I mean. It's a pretty uh, cheesy decade. They can't always uh, smash mouth. I have to argue with that 100%. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cheesy guy. <laughs> it was a great decade, you know. But uh, th- I went to a Matchbox 20 concert uh, two years ago. And actually, I went to a County Crows concert, and I was like, well, Matchbox 20 just happens to be there. And uh, oh my gosh, did yeah. they did they kill it? They mm-hmm. killed it. Uh, I can't remember the name of their lead guitar guy, but he's they bring the banjo out for unwell. Yes, since that concert, that guy's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. the banjo and mm-hmm. all the you know, all the other stuff, um, the hemp bracelets, and you know the '90s, just the '90s. Yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, but the Wallflowers have always been for me like a, a secret pleasure. So that guy, just a great songwriter and. Overshadowed probably by his family name, but I'm pretty excited to get tickets to that. They're they're coming all to Birmingham, which is close to where we record, where we live, Birmingham, and then also Memphis. So which pretty is closer than Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, but. I don't know. I can't decide between those two or cities where I like to be. Like this, we should be talking about this off. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, in Birmingham, it's an amphitheater. If they do it in Memphis at Mud Island. Definitely, that's a win. What time of the year is it in Memphis and Birmingham? It totally doesn't matter to me what time of year. But if you're going to an amphitheater and it's December. Yeah. You know, should we keep talking about? This? I'm not that big. <laughs> I think I think it's an I think it is in August, which would be a rough time in either city. It'd yeah. be very hot, but uh, I saw James Taylor at Mud Island. It's just a cool backdrop Ooh. for a concert. So, anyway, I'm excited about that. As a child of the '90s. Mm. <laughs> I am uh, excited to uh, spend my entertainment dollars going back up to Starville to watch the uh, the Mike Leach the Mike Leach offense at Mississippi State. We came really close to uh, wait. Not did they get re- a new coach? Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, <laughs> we came we came really close to uh, not uh, to not renewing our season tickets. We had talked about it. Like I was really. I was like, if I if I had to watch again what I watched this year, I was not going to enjoy going back up there. But now I'm. There's a uh, Mike Leach brings back a little excitement to the uh, to the team. Hopefully, going to be a better product on the field. So it's going. How it's many gonna years do you are you allowing him to steer the ship? You get one at state. Yeah. I hate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I'd be I'd be I'd be willing to give him uh, uh, to give him three 
to see by you know, by year three you should be yeah be, competitive. yes because because the thing the way the way that I look at it is that Mississippi State has been recruiting in the top twenty five or top thirty for the last. Decade. Eight years. There, there's talent on the team, and that's what people got really irritated with. With Moorhead, was most of the time when you bring in a new coach, they're inheriting a bad situation. Moorhead, you know, got the got the keys to a Ferrari, and was like, just don't wreck it. And he wrecked it. Defense in the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had he had the best defense in the country, and he still lost five games. That's a problem. Yeah. No. Just I'm, when you think you're out, they pull you back in. Yep, exactly. Just when I think you – anyway, there's no time. All right, you, what are you, what are you looking forward to? Me, you. You, as, you as in Chase. You, me. You, what are what are you looking forward to? Uh, all right, so I have one now that we've uh, established a different outside the box for another episode or further on this one. I don't remember what we said. I don't have a Disney Plus subscription yet, which is the main reason why I haven't watched The Mandalorian. But there is one thing on the horizon that will – no, with just no doubt in my mind, get me to do it, and it's not even releasing this year. But we will be getting more info about it this year, so that's why I'm counting it. Obi Wan Kenobi is the greatest character, at bare minimum in Star Wars, but maybe in the entire Disney franchise. Uh, at this point, wow. <laughs> I mean it. He's incredible, and he is getting his own TV show through uh, through Disney Plus. Oh wow! Uh, it's slated to start filming this summer. Uh, which means that I assume it'll release sometime in 2021. But because they're filming it in the summer, I'm allowed to get to count. Uh, <laughs> I am so excited about it. Uh, we'll be getting, I assume we'll be getting some more info about it uh, throughout the year. And it's going to be incredible. Who's playing Obi-Wan Kenobi? Ewan McGregor's coming back. Oh, yeah. From the prequels. From the original ones. I mean, the first three. Yeah. I mean, how do you determine which Star Wars is what? The prequels. I always get so confused about that. So anyway, I would, I'm just excited because, you know, justifiably so, the prequels get a, a fairly bad route. Uh, maybe a little harsh sometimes, but the shining light to the whole prequels was always Obi-Wan. And now he's got his own deal, and I think it's going to be nuts. So, that's mine. Hmm, interesting. I feel like there are lots of other things that we could have picked, but uh, those are the things that are exciting us now. So you had said the the Summer Olympics. We need to say the event we're the most excited about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this man, this will probably show a lot of our personalities. Can we just say the the whole Olympics? Because curling in the Winter Olympics is easily the greatest sporting event. But the greatest of the world. <laughs> of course you like curling. <laughs> of course you. I have to admit, I watched it for about forty five minutes the other day. Ping pong. Like, that's what I got. Ping oh, pong. ping pong. <laughs> ping pong at the Olympics? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Of course it is. I had no idea. It's, doesn't Forrest Gump go to the Olympics? Yeah, I think so. No. 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 He's not wearing I he a USA. Was still the US team, but I thought he was just competing. Okay, yeah. so he's just competing. It was. It wasn't Olympics or anything. <laughs> then what was? Pardon it? me. Yeah. Uh-huh. You compete anyway. 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 Okay. Uh, all right. So I'll say the thing that I'm most looking forward to, and it seems to be the hardest thing to catch on on <coughs> of the coverage for the games is um, I was going to say high jump, but uh, I think pole vault for me wins over the high jump because I just a really really high jump. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bigger it's version. High jump, it's high like jump. a high jump, but with a pole and higher. Uh, I just it, it just amazes me. How a human being can convince themselves to do that? Yeah, you gotta have screw loose to do that. Oh man, and and, and especially going through uh, track in high school uh, as a field event. Yeah, I don't get confused. Um, <laughs> I, I watch people trying to learn that, and I'm like, how do you how do you even commit 
to, to learn how to do that and then to see elite people and uh, especially I'll be honest especially the women who I don't know how they jumped out it's crazy to me their lack of fear I, I pole vaulted in high school now I never got any higher than like I think four feet t- ten, like ten feet I think <laughs> I was, not, I was not. I was not very good, but yeah, it's it's crazy. What, is it uh, as scary as it looks to do that? Absolutely. Like you you feel the bend in the pole, and then it just slings you up there. Absolutely. I saw a guy miss the mat one time. <laughs> I fell, no, you didn't. Yeah. I fell. I fell in the plant box one time. Ugh. I broke. Oh. A, fell in the plant box. I broke. I broke a pole one time. Yeah, it's holy smokes. And and this was all within the span of like you know. And after two, you know, two years of pole vaulting, like everything that could have happened to someone in pole vaulting happened. Happened to you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also I really like the third place for me. I'll pull the hunter. Third place for me would be the long jump because I love watching all about some jumping. Right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just love to watch. I think this. I'm worse dead, so watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, the slow mo of the long jump is pretty you crazy. You want to triple jump though? Uh, it just feels like they're showing it's out a little bit. It's three. It's me. three times. They're yeah. just showing out. Yeah. The yeah. amount of jumping. If you incredible. could jump, if you could jump like that three times, why don't you just jump further one time? What? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> no, I'm impressed by it, obviously, but the the long jump is pretty nuts. So yeah. watching those in slow mo. I think track. I mean, uh, yeah, track and field is my favorite thing to watch in the Olympics too. Yeah. Is that? Are you saying all of all track of track and, and field? Is your yeah. favorite thing? What's oh. your favorite track and field? That's what we're doing. I don't know. You don't know? Hundred? No. Yeah, maybe the hundred. Hundred. I mean, it is impressive. You said you punch him. Yeah. No. He, no. He there, said no, you did. <laughs> yeah. I think what he meant to say was javelin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There it is. There it is. Right. Fan I'm like I'm anxiously awaiting what Chase is going to say. Wow. All right. It's going to skip me, I guess. Summer curling. Yeah. Well, we went in a weird direction. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm actually uh, – they, they just started uh, having this in the summer games four years ago, and it's uh, sevens rugby. It's a seven, uh, seven on seven oh. rugby. And um, it's, so it's a – Do you understand rugby? No. Oh, but okay. look, so, I mean, to, to, an, to an extent, but um, it, it's a uh, – you know, the the full eleven on eleven rugby it's kind of like soccer it's very kind of just slow progressing and not a lot of scoring this is like the complete opposite it's very very fast paced they do uh, two forty uh, two twenty minute running clock halves with like a ten minute halftime and it's constant scoring and all over the place so you really get a chance to see people run around and through people it is a blast i watched every single one that uh, that came on Sweet. last time so, what's yeah. the guy on the the edge what what position does he play he's always the fastest guy not a clue um i don't yeah, know what those, you those call guys it, are fun to watch so if there's more of, of like guys hitting the outside yeah and, and, score. and the thing and the thing is like yeah, the 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 americans have actually they've stead they've very slowly progressed in the uh, in the rugby rankings they're one of the best uh, sevens teams in the world, because they've got several former track guys that uh, that they've that they've put on there, they put on the rugby team. They basically do that. They pitch the ball out to them, and you just watch them run. I thought you were about to say former non-Americans. I no. thought that's what you were about to say. That's our, that's our tennis and soccer. Yeah, that's that's our, our that's our strategy. <laughs> they haven't been Americans long, but they are now. We're a melting pot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't hold it against us. All right, My Chase. immigration policy is Olympics. <laughs> uh, all right. It's the hammer throw. No, it's not. It's not that weird and eclectic. It's uh, it's beach volleyball. 
It's kind of similar to what. Uh, oh yeah. No, nah, I knew Chris <laughs> was gonna say something. I, I was just gonna say for what reason. <laughs> Not for the reason you're thinking. Okay. Uh, it's similar to the reason Chris picks the sevens rugby. It's because you know volleyball six on six very, volleyball very itself fast. is yeah. fast, but you put two on two. It is impressive the kind of the uh, uh, the, the, the the two girls um, that were like dominating the the two Americans that were dominating beach volleyball for so long, dude. Yeah. Man, you you would be on the edge of their seats with some with it's, some of those the, matches. The games are nuts, dude. Yeah, it, it like, does get pretty intense. It, the, when those rallies go on for like minutes at a time without mm-hmm. one, without a point being scored, unreal, man. It's so yeah. cool. Um, yeah. That's probably my pick. If they had clothes on, would people still watch? There's the question. I would. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. For a while, the um, I remember these guys. Karch Karai, I think was his name. There was a there was an American duo that were really good at beach volleyball, and they're you know were on the tour and stuff. But it's it is one of those sports that you see played so poorly, like at the local park right <laughs> you know, it's, it's like watch it's like watching uh, people play tennis that aren't very good at tennis <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and then you see a professional it's pretty yeah. impressive all right so we got to we got to get on to our recommends um anybody does anybody have a recommend for this episode yeah i do uh my recommend is to watch the aaron hernandez documentary on netflix oh i just saw that preview yeah I didn't know it, it was, was so good I is it worth what oh it's awesome it's three one-hour episodes. I saw I saw somebody uh, somebody commented on it. They said, uh, "Don't start watching it unless you have three hours because you're really? not going to stop." It's, it's that engaging. Yeah. I wonder how it compares to S Town. Well, that yeah, that was going to be my recommend <laughs> for sure. I, just, just, uh, I started the podcast S Town last night, and I'm almost finished with it today. And it is uh, 2:25 in the afternoon, so right. it is a really really good a really good podcast uh i mean it's a basically it's about um it's about uh people that live in a in a very very rural area of alabama and um it starts off it starts off uh with a guy um he uh, he believes that, that there is a murder that has occurred and the town is uh, the town is trying to uh, to cover it up and so there's a lot of investigation that goes into it, and it completely flips into just a lot of different directions, and it's really, really fascinating. Yeah, very well done. I think it may be one of the best produced podcasts I've listened to in the past. I agree. Probably five. It years. really, it really pulls you in. It's like you can see these people. Yeah, yeah, and, and the main they're, character they're just, talking to. He helped things a lot with how animated he was. So, all right, guys, another successful episode in the books. How do we end these things? Like this. smooth sounds.